2: It's
3: the second time it's done, huh? Oh. They never go home, they never go home, they
0: never go home, those
3: those, boys. That's... Yeah. They have asked for that, really. Well, yeah, you can laugh, I have to walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, did you not have to stay alive for I'd say it to your face, I'll say it to you now. I'm down to Anfield and we'll see you What you doing down here, you show me, man.
1: Poor old David Moyes. Poor, poor, poor old David Moyes. After presiding over one of the most joyless Premier League seasons any club has ever had, he surely he had to be thinking the worst of it was over. He could just go under the radar yesterday, bring his team to Stamford Bridge to roll over gently like they've been doing all season long. Instead, he finds himself as one of the central characters in The Send-Off, as the movie's going to be titled in a number of years' time. Hope you enjoyed the weekend. Welcome to the Second Captain's Football Podcast. Hi, Ken. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Ron. Hello, Owen. So Terry got his guard of honour. Everyone cringed a little bit. Uh, he later revealed that it was all his amazing idea. Mm. Everybody cringed a lot more. does <laughs>
4: don't think anyone should be that surprised about that.
1: And his post-match news conference, David Moyes, then revealed, yeah, we knew it was coming, and we agreed to put the ball out. At that stage, faces were already too creased up in a cringe induced state to yeah. actually yeah you're Crimes. doing it yeah. yeah you couldn't cringe any further there was no cringe left in anybody but if there was <laughs> surely they would have cringed at that game
2: oh yeah i mean just moise i just feel that moise has been beaten down into such um a kind of attitude of learned helplessness that he would just he'd just agree okay fair enough if, if you're suggesting it to me It must be the it must be the right idea. I'll just go. You probably
4: know what you're doing. I mean, he he is a bit of a legend. You're probably right. Probably is an idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah. John Terry. I've always had a lot of respect for John Terry. Well, he did say he thought John Terry deserved the send off that he got.
1: He deserved a send off, definitely. Yeah. He he deserved a positive send off. Yeah. Maybe I don't know if he deserved something to happen for him that I don't know (laughs) has ever happened in the history of English football. No, it's just a match being interrupted to give the send off. The
2: egotism of it is just incredible. It's it's tiring, like, isn't it? Like it's a- absolutely amazing. Like it wouldn't occur to anybody else to do that. Just walk around the pitch at the end, do a speech if you want. I mean, he did anyway. But like, just do do a bit of a lap of honor, clap the fans. You know, they'll they'll clap you back. That's all. That's all it is. It's not even that.
1: Chelsea will do something for you if you just leave it to them. It's maybe he was just worried. It was, it was one of those things where he had thrown a few hints behind the scenes, as in, oh, I don't possibly, I don't want any sort of surprise celebration or anything. Yeah. And then they said, sure, John, well, then we won't, we won't do that. And yeah. he's thinking, oh, no, it's was too subtle there. I better go and take the bull by the horns here.
2: But it's just, I mean, it's amazing as well. That, and I the, don't know the that John cheers. Terry's ever
4: said, you know, I, I was too subtle there. I don't think John Terry's ever said that.
2: He could he's ever had reason to He say comes that. off, you know, he's, he's weeping. He he kind of ignored most of the players in the Guard of Honor. Actually, I thought he was gonna high five them, but maybe they were standing too far apart. That was it. Maybe why that was why he ignored everyone on the left. Um, he kind of high fived David Louise and then he tearfully embraced Gary Cahill, his true successor, <laughs> and took off the armband and placed it on Gary Cahill's arm, literally weeping in tears. And at that point, the only that what should have then happened is that John Terry would step into a wooden longboat which sailed out <laughs> towards the horizon as all the people cried and and gazed and watched it sail into the setting sun. And just as it sort of was silhouetted in the sun, it suddenly burst into flames. And that was the end of John Terry. And that's how that, that's the only way that it could have been appropriate. This, the emotions on display. As opposed to John Terry sort of turning up on Sky Sports, you know, in August. Pontificating weekly on Chelsea as he tries to politic his way back into the club you know
4: was <laughs> like Charlie Nicholas yeah. you know like
2: at what point is Roman Abramovich going to have to appoint John Terry as Chelsea manager you know as the as the crowd are screaming you know we want our captain back you know and, and he's on Sky slamming Conte or whoever it is yeah, Conte's
1: only won three in a row but he hasn't won the Champions League so everyone's slamming him in a couple of seasons time
2: it was just I mean what Conte said was uh, for me in the club it will be a great loss because he helped me a lot on and off the pitch. This season, more off than on, it has to be said. Now we must respect his decision. <laughs> but I really didn't think it was John Terry's decision. Just the way that he was talking in the build up to the game and at the game itself it was just like, oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> this is incredible that this is happening. Can anyone really believe that I'm leaving? 22 <laughs> years, you know? But obviously, Chelsea don't want him. I wouldn't mind, he had his send-off last year, too. Oh.
1: This is his second send-off speech, so I would have thought he would have seen it coming at this stage.
2: Yeah, he just never never gets tired. But I think everyone knows what they're doing. But I wonder why it is that Chelsea can't find a role for someone like John Terry. Such an illustrious figure in the history of the Why can Chelsea not find a role for him somewhere within their management structure? You know, with some people above him and some people below him. <laughs> why, can, why, why can Chelsea not find somewhere to fit him in? If you haven't got up on last week's World Service
1: podcasts there's a ton of great stuff waiting for you there including Jeanette Howard one of the 100 or so people sacked by ESPN last month the return of Usher McConville and Mike Quirk Usher McConville is a hurling man now Murph, but he mm-hmm. found time to talk to he us He still dabbles with the football The football championship. Anthony Daly is the guest on the latest player's chair with Richie amazing stuff from Dalo if you're not part of the World Service yet will we hold it against you? No we won't hold it against you assuming you get onto the second captains right now and sign up for daily podcasts
4: There's a presumption of trust there that
1: you know, you know eventually you'll you get around so, it's a five euro a month plus fat. You can get on secondcaptains.com for all the details on that. Ken, let's report on some sport, please.
2: So, uh, the, the last day of the season, evidently there wasn't all that much left to be decided apart from the issue of which two out of Arsenal, Manchester City and Liverpool, would get into the Champions League. Uh, Manchester City scored after a couple of minutes, Arsenal scored after a couple of minutes. And the reaction then at. Anfield was bizarre. That was obviously the game that Sky, where Sky Sports One was showing. Um, it was, it was. I've never seen such a panic. And I'm talking about the supporters. You know, just these. Every time they showed the crowd, it was just these pale, tight, worried faces gnawing on their fingernails. And you're thinking, you're 15 minutes into a game against Middlesbrough, who have already been relegated and are useless. This is. You should calm down a little bit here. Relax. Although uh, they actually did nearly blow it with the Dejan. Lo- I mean, how it wasn't a penalty and red card. It's it's one of the most blatant professional fouls of the season, I would say. So that should have been a. Uh, I mean, that would have created a very interesting situation hmm. for Liverpool. But as it uh, in the end, they um, they just got through it. But did I- the
1: crowd take their cue from Klopp? Because Klopp looked unbelievably nervous himself, and that's what that's how he manages, which is great when the team needs to be G'd up or whatever, but when he looks like he's totally unsure of whether they're going to do this or not, does that transmit itself a little bit? Well, Klopp
2: Klopp was clearly trying to get them to make some noise. This was, as opposed to just this low hum of fear. You know, you could smell, you could taste the fear, you know, from rising in a thick plume, like a plume of volcanic ash from Anfield and just floating, you know, through the atmosphere. It was the lack of confidence there but I suppose you know many many times they've managed to mess things up that looked as though they should have been in the bag so uh, obviously that was playing on their minds but I think Klopp was trying to get them to make noise but it's a different I mean we were talking to Tony Barrett about this a couple of weeks Tony Barrett incidentally who's now joins Liverpool he's uh, oh, yeah, a new job there. he's the head of supporter liaison uh, Liverpool obviously think it's very important to reach out to the supporters and Tony Barrett will be the man in charge of that now. So that's... congratulations,
1: to Tony. I'm sure we'll chat to him about that. But he I mean,
2: was was talking to us just a couple of weeks ago about the fact that uh, maybe this is something we're going to see changing over the next little while. But that the that the demographics of the crowd were were now quite different. Obviously, the expense of attending Premier League matches mean it's you know it's an older crowd than it used to be. Um, uh, I don't want to put words in Tony's mouth here, <laughs> but it seemed like. You know, they, they do have a problem with um, anxious, bitter old men <laughs> filling many of the seeds. You know, I mean, I say anxious, bitter old men. I don't mean that. To, I mean, that's most of us, right? Hmm. That's that's where we're all going if we're not already there. Once again, they're Ken Erdie's words and not, not Tony Barrett's Tony Barrett supporter <laughs>
1: liaison's word, words. Yeah.
2: But you know, when when Klopp was at Dortmund, if you go to a game at Dortmund, there's one obvious difference with the I mean obviously the stadium is a lot bigger and the architecture of the stadium is great for atmosphere, but it's not as though Anfield has it has historically been thought to have a problem with that. But the obvious difference is uh they've got like drums. You know, they have this the the culture of what support of game games a bit different. So there's drums and there's songs oh, so continually. They,
4: so they stole the FEI's idea. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, well it's it's one thing to yeah, I mean uh, it didn't work when we tried it. Mm. Or the jazz the sort of jazz band. I mean they, they do that at like uh Leon or saint Etienne and and it works great. You know And everyone is into that and it works. If they try it in Dublin and it's not really a thing that people like or respect, but but at Dortmund, basically, what I'm saying is, it's this continuous noise. So there's always kind of a song. It's not as though the crowd; they don't. There are basically organised elements in the crowd. Now, this is to an extent the same at every at every big football ground, but it's it's very organised at Dortmund. Basically, they're generating atmosphere all the time. And byron is Bayern is the same. And there's never really a there's never a hush that descends. Oh, you know. We're gonna, we're definitely gonna make a balls of this, which is which was all you could hear at Anfield for the first half, and then eventually they, they scored. I mean, I don't know how they're going to change that because clearly they can't just they can't do what Dortmund do. I mean, a drum at Anfield would just be weird, but they do need to get a little bit more confident.
1: Well, being in the Champions League will help, assuming they qualify from the playoff. Um, well, is, is it not par- partly due to the? You know, a huge club like Liverpool, when they're not in the Champions League and things aren't going well, fans might be feeling too great about themselves, but they'll be pretty, pretty bullish now. Champions League nights will be great at Anfield, is what I'm saying. They usually are. They usually they? are.
2: They usually are. So, uh, I mean, they they still have to get there. they've got another, I'm sure, quite nervous uh, home leg uh, in the playoff uh, for for that. We don't know who they're going to play yet, but they are seeded, so uh, they'll probably get there now. Arsenal obviously didn't make it, and um, I mean. It was quite interesting to hear Austin Wenger after this one, because he, sp- he spoke a lot, which more than he usually does. Um, you know, and, and he, t- he said a few kind of slightly strange things. Um, and sort of some of the journalists who were there were trying to, you know, interpret it. Uh, Jack Pitt Brooks' piece was was pointing out that Wenger really took the blame on himself, or like he thought Wenger shot a lot of dignity in terms of... Uh, the crowd was all chanting, Stan Cronkite, get out of our club. Now... I'm not quite sure what the precise issue is with Krohn. I mean, obviously, since he's taken over, Arsenal haven't really won anything significant, and not really looked like it. Um, and there's an element that he's a kind of an absentee landlord who is is defined by this kind of slothful inactivity. You know, his his American sports teams aren't aren't any good either. Uh, he's just this kind of. Cipher, you know this super gr- gray mustache gray faced super capitalist uh, absentee who just sits there in Colorado taking money out of all his sports teams that never win anything. Okay, so it's not great, <laughs> um, but at the same time, do you have any idea how much money Arsenal spent on Mustafi, uh, Shaka, and Lucas Perez? Mm, the better part of a hundred million. Yeah, 90, mi- ninety million on three on these three. Players, they were all, you know, would you say they were average? Premier, I would say they were average players. I mean, Lucas Perez, we haven't even seen enough of to know if he is, if he qualifies as average. Mustafi, I don't really see what's so great about, you know.
4: No, Jack's Sh- <laughs> yellow and red cards is well above average. Yeah,
2: uh, but there hasn't been. It's not as though you say, well, he's really. At least we've we've signed Shaka. The season isn't right off. You know, we've we've clearly made progress there. It's it's so you know he. What I'm saying is that he did. You don't hear fans scream at Wenger spend some fucking money mm. anymore because he's he spends money. So uh, what exactly? I mean, unless they're saying get, get out of our club, Cronkey, because we've got so tired of telling you to sack Wenger and you haven't done it that actually we now want you gone.
1: That is what it is, isn't it? Is, is that not the point? That's uh, Ian Wright last night, Garland and Grassman match the day. Be honest now. Do you want Wenger gone? Uh, and Ian Veng- Wright was too loyal to Wenger Too loyal to, say. to Wenger. Yeah, he looked he was you could see he was <laughs> trying his best to avoid saying what he what he didn't want to say. So he ended up just saying Kranker needs to back him properly. Hmm. Kranker needs to make the decisions. Kranker needs to do something to alleviate the concerns of supporters around all the players because this is the biggest issue. If is Wenger and Wenger out is simple in some ways, but it's the fact that it's been so convoluted and it doesn't seem to be anyone saying, right we we need to announce publicly what's going on here. We need to let the players know. Like, do the Arsenal players know? I
2: don't do, do, think so. I don't do, think so. Do, Alexa, if, they did, if they did, it would if they did, it would have leaked out immediately. Yeah,
1: these these big players are contracts running down, and they don't know the season's finished, and they don't know if their manager's there. It's it's, it's it's ridiculous. Crazy.
2: I mean, I, I wonder. It makes me think maybe he is actually going to leave. Hmm. I mean, Gareth Lineker, for instance, raised the point that he he talked so many times about they, this group, they. Well, where's the exact quotes? I mean. Um, this is Wenger talking about the team. And he is a guy who says, we, always. You know, he knows his, he, he knows the importance of these pronouns. This group of players is good enough to come back. They've learned a lot. They've gone through difficult periods this season. They've bounced back in a very strong way. That will help them absolutely next season. But first, we have to keep 90% of these players together. They do, of course, have an FA Cup final. I probably should correct myself when I say that their season is over. They do, of course. <laughs> um, I mean, but, the, you know, they've won it twice in the last couple of years. And it doesn't really make any difference. Like, it doesn't really register. That's the sort of, that's... Kind of, it's like a trinket now. Mm. That's the unfortunate. Well,
1: and isn't Kachelleni suspended now? And
2: why did Kachelleni want to miss this
1: game so badly? I've seen, I've seen Ar- <laughs> I've seen Arsenal without Kachelleni as we all have a few times this season. Ken,
2: yeah, not great. We got sent off against doesn't Bayern make, as well. It Doesn't
4: even have to be full games for the absence of Lauren yeah. Kachelleni to make itself. He's hard. got,
2: he's got himself suspended for two of the biggest games. I mean, I've just, I've said the biggest game, and I've just described it as a trinket. But the game itself against Chelsea is important. You know, if if Arsenal can beat Chelsea in an FA Cup final, that's not, not nothing. You know what I mean? That is That still counts for something. Um, but obviously, Gabriel is probably out as well. It looked like he might have busted a cruciate ligament. Mm. Uh, we don't know yet what uh, what happened, but it did look like that type of uh, injury. Um, but anyway, what was the, the point with this?
1: Oh, you were... Is it a little bit of support that Arsene Wenger has been getting from an old... Foe? <laughs> Is that not something you wanted to get to?
2: Oh, Fergie, yeah. Well, Fergie was speaking to to Sky. A rare interview, rare audience with uh, Fergie. Uh, and, you know, will they sack Wenger, your old rival, your old sparring partner? <laughs> oh, I do hope they don't, says Fergie. I hope not. I think stability that a manager like Arsene Wenger has brought to Arsenal, Brian Clough at Nottingham Forest, myself at United. There's no evidence sacking manager brings success, But there is evidence that Arsene Wenger, myself, and Brian Clough can bring success with long-termism. And then he goes into all this stuff. Do they even realise? He's kind of having a pop at the Arsenal fan. Do they even know what kind of a man they've got there? The class of a man they've got. The the quality of job that he's done. Do they even know? You know, like Wenger's fifth place in the Premier League this season uh, and 10-2 defeat to Bayern Munich is just pearls before the swine of the Arsenal supporters. Like, how dare they not Mm. realise. You know, the most amazing thing about them is this. He's come through a forest of criticism for months now. He's never bowed. He sailed right through. He has shown a determination and stubbornness. When you look at that, that is a quality. I'm not sure they'll ever get another manager like that. It's quite easy to say, yeah, get rid of him. But who are they going to get? Who are you going to get that's going to keep that club the way they are, the way they've been for the last 20 years? Uh, I feel sorry for him, says Ferguson. Could have done without adding that last bit. Mm. But... Um, I mean this comparison with with Brian Clough you know if you look at it Wenger's at the same point now that Clough was at when he left Nottingham Forest I mean Clough was actually much younger he looked much older you know his health wasn't great um, but he's nearly 10 years younger than Wenger now is when he left Nottingham Forest and it was 13 years since his last big title which was the in his case the European Cup a trophy which Wenger has never won Um. And it was kind of like, he's the greatest manager the club has had or will ever have. You know, there's no Nottingham Forest will never have another manager, another figure in their club as great as Brian Cuff. He still, however, had to leave because it was
1: finished. And he hung on too long. He's a classic case of a manager. Ferguson could have been using that example to describe exactly why they should get rid of Wenger. Because if you keep it going under a manager who can't do it anymore... Not saying Arsenal are going to get relegated or anything like that, but they could slip, slip down.
2: Well, the, I'd say this is like getting relegated for Arsenal. Yeah, like the, in terms of a status drop for a club that's been in the Champions League for you know nearly as long as some of these players have been alive. They literally cannot remember a time when Arsenal were not in the Champions League. Uh, this is a big status drop. This is the closest they can get to being relegated. I mean. You know, and, and and Wenger mentioned the fact they got seventy five points, and, and I saw Amy Lawrence in her piece on this game pointed out that um, Man United won the league in ninety seven with seventy five points, and now of course, what do you get? Fifth place. But that's not Arsene Wenger's doing. That's just the fact of of inequality in the league. You know, it's created these. You know, if you have if you have twenty years of uh, of a kind of a increasingly capitalist setup with the returns going disproportionately to the bigger clubs you eventually get like a group of super clubs and everyone else is sort of clinging on just trying to stay in the league i mean <clears throat> this season you've got five teams above 75 points that's never happened before you know you've never had so many teams on winning so many of their games and the uh, corollary of that is you've get, you've then got six points that separate 10 teams like half the league are on are between 40 and 46 points um, this is not—it's not Arsene Wenger's doing. You know, he hasn't built a super competitive team. He just manages a really rich club. You know, and I don't think there's much evidence at this stage that someone else couldn't do at least as good a job, yeah, or, think, or you know, a better job. Like they, they have the prospect of change if they get somebody else, which they don't if they keep them on.
4: I, th- I think as well that this season might be as good an indicator <clears throat> as you'll see of the implausibility of anyone finishing in the top six other than the top six that we saw this year. Because all of the mistakes, and like you you said, like that's a shocking stat to me that it's the first time you've had five teams finish over 75 points. Because for the most part, if you were watching Manchester United, Liverpool, Man City and Arsenal this year, you would have said that any time any pressure came on them to actually go and win the league, which they were all capable of doing, mm. they failed horribly. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times Liverpool fans... Had A chance to say, right, if we just win the next two home games, we'll be on, you know, we'll, we'll be within five points of Chelsea. The amount times many out fans have said the same thing, yeah. and they've never done it. City, yeah. the exact same way,
2: they just can't put it together. I mean, Chelsea, are the only team, well, Tottenham as well, yeah, but Ch- Tottenham but didn't manage to win as been... many games in a row as Chelsea,
4: yeah. The other four teams have just, you know, they've flattered to deceive on like throughout the entire
2: season, yeah. I mean. You know, I mentioned Jack McBrush, Pitt Brooks' piece rather, where he said Wenger took kind of took blame onto himself, and he and he did say, you know, I take responsibility. But they were asking him about Stan Kroenke, and and what do you think of the chance against him? And he said, look, you know, if Stan Kroenke not responsible. It's the technical department that's responsible. I've I've total respect for Stan Kroenke, and and Jack was saying, look, this is he he does have kind of dignity, like he is kind of fronting up here to to. And I thought, well, at the same time, what's he going to do? Turn around and say, yeah, Stan, silent Stan, Stan needs to. Pipe up or step off. Well, you yeah, know, the Rafa Benitez trick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might work. It, it might feel good in the moment, <laughs> but like you're going to be out of a job. You know what I mean? Arsene Wenger is a survivor because he didn't make mistakes like that. You know, Stan Kronke, uh if he decides, I mean, the question here is if, if he decides to sell the club or not, because Arsenal also have an offer now for the club from Al Sharusmanov, the Uzbek billionaire. Uh, who who has just done a viral video in Russia where he is a kind of a shite in a bucket video, right? Uh, where he it's just Usmanov who is you know a, a a big fat man sitting at a table uh, looking like in in quite a you know a, the, you know the, the, a kitchen in a flat somewhere, and he's uh, looking at the phone and he's saying you Alexei Navalny you're nothing but. Well, I mean he's speaking in Russian, but it's it, he he's it's addressed to a guy Alexei Navalny like a an opposition politician who did a who did an even more viral YouTube video suggesting corruption on Usmanov's part. Well, absolutely not. you're a joke, you're a loser. Um this is uh, you know 12 min, a 12 minute harangue into the, into the camera. This is Arsenal's potential new owner. This is the guy that the fans could have uh, other than Stan Kroenke looks
1: like he means business. This guy, Ken. I'm just watching this on mute as you speak.
2: Yeah, he's he's um, he's not going to take any nonsense from no uh, flyweight blogger or whatever it's what he. But look, that's you know that would be a more complicated owner for Vancouver. But you know it depends on whether Kroenke wants this wants to sell up. To him. He also referred to things like he 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 came up with some weird lines about how you know one day I'll say what happened here. He was saying we were going really well to January, then things went wrong. One day I might say what happened. You know Va- what? Wenger said this. Yeah. What are you talking about? Um, you know, people talk a lot. This, is, uh, this seems to be directed at Arsenal Fan TV more than anything. Or maybe Alexi Sanchez as well. We live in a society where everybody has an opinion. People don't stop to talk, as in they, don't, they never shut up. Uh, they do little. They talk a lot. But that doesn't move society forward. What moves society forward is people who work and talk not too much. Move society forward. Forward Where? What? What are you talking about? This is, you know, it's it's nonsense. <laughs> this, the, I mean, I don't know whether he's talking about players or supporters, but he did. He mentioned you've been at these games. He says to one of the journalists, "You, you know, the atmosphere wasn't great for the players," uh, and also talks about uh, an absolutely horrendous psychological environment for these group of players. So, I mean, if he's just talking about the supporters, it's kind of like, well, you, you need to win some games because that's how you get them. On your side, I mean, they will be on your side. I mean, was it was the psychological atmosphere horrendous when Arsenal beat Chelsea three nil earlier in the season? I like, I doubt it. You know, but maybe when they were losing games and and playing badly, things got a little nasty. Do
1: you want to do your daily Jose Mourinho bit before we get to John Wilson? Yeah, because we are going to talk more about John Terry, David Moyes, and all that.
2: We mentioned Arsenal Wenger's use of pronouns. Well, here's another way to use pronouns when you're a football manager talking about your team. This is Jose Mourinho's entire uh, post-match flash interview. Is so a bright,
1: positive way to, to end the season here, Old Trafford? Yeah, but don't, don't ask me too many things because now I am in the final. Let me go home. I am in the final now. Do you know your team? I know, but let me go. I am in the final now.
2: That was it. You walked off. So the preamble... the the sort of 38-game fluffing of the Premier League has been completed, and now it's time for Jose Mourinho to play against Ajax in the final of the He walked out of the press conference as well, didn't he? The press conference, he he was in his chair for, I believe, six seconds. He came in um, uh, with the press officer... Uh, there was no almost nobody there. There was like two people vi- visible in the video and a third person sort of rushing in. Because he had done the other stuff so quickly, maybe the well, journalists weren't ready for him yet. I, I mean, I was in there own, but what it looked to me as though had happened had was that Joseph had arrived much earlier than anybody expected with the express intention of doing what he did, which is to come in. Oh, there's nobody here. The press officer said, any questions?
1: So he has fulfilled his media so pos- obligations. Fulfilled, the fulfilled
2: media obligations, but doesn't have to actually say anything. I mean, he'll be talking again on uh, Tuesday. But, um, yeah, nice um, uh, goal, by the way, by Harrop. Did you see? One of, yeah. jo- one of Jose's babes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, he scored a great goal set up by a beautiful Paul Pogba pass. Oh,
1: can they love a good young player at Old Trafford? Well, no, no, pace, a pacey young player With a good finish Only at Old Trafford Do they love those kind of players yeah. Yeah, It's yeah.
4: just a unique thing To Old Trafford Thanks yeah. for the report on sport We'll wrap that bit up yep. The train of pitches
3: All well, squares Somebody's got to Somebody's got to Hold a hand up and say It's like training on a car path. No, 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 no Regrets about it No. As
2: soon you ask me a question I'm going to give you an answer who? John Delaney? He could have found me, of course he could have. Try my hotel room. <laughs> yeah, you can laugh. I was the walk up. As an ex-player, then
3: as an Irishman, and I mean an Irishman, uh, born and Rear here. Then I felt I was entitled to give
0: my opinion.
4: Swinging in the backyard, pull up in your fast car,
2: whistling my name. Which
0: phone is that? That's the second time it's gone off.
2: Oh, open up a beer and you say get over here and play a video game. Right. Why did you turn
3: it off?
4: I say why you're, your just you're just going to let it rain. Kiss, All right,
2: it's good manners.
3: <clears throat> if that was my team, I'd go into the dressing room and I wouldn't even
0: mention handball. I'd just say, why didn't someone put their head in it? France would definitely take him and I would never grabbed it. Usual. Now. Usual stuff afraid of that next step.
3: Mentally not strong enough. They can complain all they want and all these players, they can complain all they want. It's not going to change. France are going to the World Cup. Get over it.
1: Jonathan Wilson, I didn't expect to be talking to you about Sunderland or David Moyes once again this season, but he has managed to inadvertently insert himself into one more bad news story before the season ends. Was he wrong to play his part in the John Terry show?
3: Um, I don't know, I'm a little bit conflicted about this because, in a sense, it it just doesn't matter. You know, Chelsea were going to finish top of the league, some are going to finish bottom of the league, and... Yeah, you, know, you see it happen in in other sports. You, you, you know, you somehow contrive an event to pay tribute to somebody, um, and yet at the same time, I feel very uncomfortable uh, that you know Jordan Pickford should be persuaded to put the ball out of play after 26 minutes so that Terry could get a send off. That um, I think you know, the integrity of a competition. Means you have to be very, very careful about allowing that kind of thing in. What does that? Yeah. What, what does that
1: mean exactly? Alan Shearer used that exact phrase last night. That anything that affects the integrity of the competition should should be. We should worry about.
3: Well, putting the ball out of play was is not part of that game. You know, it, that's something that was decided in advance. It did not come naturally from the, the flow of that match. So, if that was a game, as I say, it didn't matter because of the positions of Chelsea and Sunderland. So. Yeah, you know, perhaps we we shouldn't get too worked up about it. But had that been a game that affected even a position in the table, which is worth you know two million pounds or whatever, you suddenly if you're messing around with that, um, then then it becomes you know it just starts to it's you know it's the end of the wedge. Where does that stop? And if it happens to John Terry, who else does it happen for? And if this becomes a thing that happens at the end of every season, and it, you know it happens. Not just for you know this former England captain, this club legend, this man has won, you know, 60 odd percent of all the trophies Chelsea have ever won. Uh, but starts happening for oh you know he's played 500 games for the club. Uh, you know where where does that end? Um I think you know, the, the the whole issue of spot fixing is is a very sensitive one and, and rightly so. And I'm I'm not sure that it is even possible to to put a bet on you know will there be a throw in in the 26th minute uh, in the same way that it wasn't. It wasn't possible to bet on will it be a no ball in this over, which was the thing that Mohammed Amir, the the, uh, Pakistan bowler, uh, was um, sort of entrapped into into doing by the the news of the the world. There certainly
1: can be bets, though. There can be over under bets on the amount of throw ins that there are, and that uh, that you could argue this. Well, you couldn't argue this. It is the case that 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 kicking the ball out of play deliberately added one extra throw in, so it could skew a market like
3: that. Exactly, and also uh, you know you can bet on, on when a goal is scored. Uh, or how many goals are going to be in the first half? Well, if you have, you know, as it turn out, three or four minutes of faffing around as Terry leaves the pitch, you're decreasing the minutes played in the first half, and therefore the chances of a goal being scored in the first half.
2: I don't know. Don't uh, John, we, I mean, we're, we're talking about gambling here and what suits gambling. I mean, what about David Moyes just letting Sunderland be trampled on? I mean, well, like, I, I'm just trying to imagine how... You know, okay, I hate to always refer to Alex Ferguson, but how he would have reacted to this idea? Why can't you just put the ball out of play in the 26 minutes so we can have this big guard of honor thing for for Captain Leader Legend John Terry? He would have just told them where to go. I can't believe Moyes didn't say sorry. No, do whatever you want to do after the game, but we are still here to play a game.
3: Yeah, I mean that, that's a fair point. I, I, I so sort of, I just think with Sunderland this season that 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 ship of putting up any kind of fighters you know sailed a long time ago um that you know it, it, you're not comparing like for like when you're comparing Moises Sunderland to Ferguson's united that this Sunderland team is not a team it's it's scrapped at all so i mean yes i, I take the point but i think it's a, it's a slightly academic one um but you know i i i am more concerned i uh, yeah i mean you, you say yeah you know, i'm I'm talking about gambling but I think footballs relationship with gambling is is very sensitive at the moment and i think it's um you know i, I i'm I'm pretty much in favour of, of allowing gambling. I think gambling is going to happen, whatever, and therefore it's better to have it legal and, and have it regulated. And I think that you know, having um, betting companies monitoring everything, monitoring um, you know, uh, the number of bets at various times, so can see irregular patterns, I think that's actually a very healthy safeguard for the game. But at the same time, there has to be an awareness that, that it has to not merely have integrity, but to be seen to have integrity. And that means your reserve goalkeeper cannot be eating a pie on the bench. It means no player can be betting on any football match. It means you probably shouldn't be putting the ball out of play in 26 minutes to, to answer a, a call that's not part of the game.
2: Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned the idea also, kind of thin end of the wedge argument that, oh, what if this starts happening all the time? I wonder if most players would even want this to happen, though, it seemed like a very John Terry type of. Uh, okay. What well, I mean? What did you think of it? Did you think, oh, there's a fitting send-off, or did you think this is a ludicrous farce? Why is Terry doing this? And also, he seemed very angry, didn't he? In, in some, of his, some of his emotional post-match interviews, it seemed like the main emotion was suppressed anger, as he talked about how unbelievable it was that we were even thinking about him leaving this club. But there you were. Yeah,
3: I mean, it's also. I mean, I know he wears twenty six. But if, he, if he'd if he worn six, like a normal centre-back, would he have gone off in the sixth minute? Would he really have done that? to you know, turned up, barely got a sweat going, and then walked off? Uh, I don't know. I think there's almost something slightly demeaning about going off in the first half, no matter what the reason. I, I don't understand why he wouldn't have wanted to play if not a full game, and certainly 80, 85 minutes. Well, because his manager
1: off. yeah, his manager didn't want him to play. It sounds like he, they did some sort of a deal. That's what Terry said anyway. And I don't think Antonio Conte comes out of this too well either. Piss off, John Terry. If you, you're either playing or you're not. I'm not going to allow you to come on and play for 26 minutes and then leave. It's, uh, it's I think, the first black mark against Conte. Let's just hammer everyone today's <laughs> the end of the season, John.
3: Well, possibly. I mean, they did win the game 5-1. So, in, in terms of players getting their win bonuses, in terms of you know, home fans, I imagine, were, we're pretty happy with that. Uh, I suppose home fans, kind of you know, they were quite happy that they, in an otherwise meaningless game, they, they did get to, to say farewell in a, in a way that they will remember. Um, but, I don't know, I think, I think you're right. There's something about the stage management of it that slightly undermines the whole notion of a tribute. Um, and you compare that to say Lukas Podolski's final game for Germany, where it was all about Podolski, and he lived up to that by scoring a brilliant goal to win the game. Um, or you compare it to Philip Lamb and Javier Alonso, you know their, their final games for Bayern Munich. The whole thing just seemed a lot more dignified. So I mean, we've seen this with Terry before. The, the you know the, um, the yeah the, the famous putting on his kit, including shin pads to. To wander onto the pitch to, to to celebrate winning the Champions League in 2012, um, th- that you know he he sort of appears to have a sort of an image in his head of what a, a celebration or what a farewell or what a tribute to himself should look like, mm. but in in trying to make that come about uh, by 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 stage managing it, it, it loses the spontaneity that actually gives it you know, a, a sense of depth and a sense of.
2: Of reality and, and, and feeling. I think he just is. He he does these things just with future propaganda films in mind. You know, like <laughs> uh, like like all there Be is an image of John Terry getting a guard of honor off the field, and then John Terry lifting the Premier League trophy. And the fact that it, he was substituted in, in this you know made up situation in the twenty sixth minute and didn't play any games as they won the Premier League. Um, I mean, does he even qualify for a medal for the for the trophy that he? He ended up lifting. I mean, that none that those kind of details will fall by the wayside, and all there will be will be these images of of John Terry uh, being hailed by his teammates and lifting trophies.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, actually, I, I don't know about the medals. It's has there been a change? so you get each club gets something like twenty five medals,
2: okay, and, and then he'll, the club will probably just, get one of those. Then
3: um, I, I I I could be wrong about that, but I, I'm pretty sure that's how it works with European competitions. I'm, I'm not sure about the Premier League. I mean, I, I'm sure that even if he doesn't get a medal he will get a medal you know he'll he'll go and he'll make one himself you know he'll, he'll get get i don't know he'll, he'll steal some chocolate money from his kids christmas stocking and kind of put a string through it and that'll be his medal you yeah, know in his trophy cabinet at the end of his career there there will be a premier league 2016 17 medal so but it yeah again it's it's sort of the the making about himself the the, the making sure that the the images look right the that you know does undermine it. It's yeah. You know, well, what actually matters there? It's not the it's not the bit of um, whatever the medals are made of, bit of metal. It's not, um, you know, you know, the the him waving and kind of the applause as he walks off. It's what he actually means to fans of Chelsea, which you know is, is actually a lot more than than kind of the stage managed uh, walk off. It's yeah. it's what was summed up in the in the banner that's been there for how long it's been, the five, ten years, the captain, leader, legend, yeah, he he is a huge figure in our
2: history, yeah, and he sort of
3: tarnished yeah. that slightly by by his manner of leaving a bit.
2: Well, you know, he he's tarnished it a few times, I would say, and and I mean, I suppose the tone of this conversation that we're having about this, uh, you know, a legendary footballer, one of the great players of the, you know the, the Premier League, you know, since two thousand or so, uh, is indicative of the fact that he has. You know, done a done a few bad things. And the way that the club are clearly pushing him out, they don't really want him to hang around in some kind of coaching or administrative role. That seems, doesn't seem to have been on the table, let's say. Do you think that he has got potential to be the kind of, uh, you know, um, big-time coach uh, or manager that he seems to fancy himself as. I mean, aside from all of the the bad things that John Terry has done that everybody knows about, um, has he ever struck you as somebody who knows what they're talking about um, when they talk about football? Uh, I mean, people talk about how great a leader he is. Is that all just belly barging and sort of, you know, macho antics in the dressing room? Or is there actually some substance there? Do you think that he could be? Uh, that, he, that he could have a great second act of his career instead of just uh, being a great player?
3: I think it's very hard from the outside to, to tell which players will make good managers. Um, I, mean, I, I guess it's, there's two sorts of leadership. There's the um, the type that Terry seems to embody, which is you know the, the fist-pumping, beating heart, shouting at people. And he clearly can organise a defence. I mean, I, you know, that's part of what he's done over the past uh, 18 years since he made his debut. That you know, He has been very good at, at keeping Chelsea solid. Um, so, you know, he clearly understands organization on the pitch. I don't, you know, I don't think that's in doubt. Uh, but then you know, there's the other type of leadership, which I think is more important to modern management, which is you know, can he handle vast amounts of data? Can he analyze things? Can he make decisions very, very quickly? Uh, can he motivate players? Um, can, yeah, and not just motivate them in the sense of shouting at them when they're on the pitch, but, yeah, persuading players. You know what, we we don't need to play this Wednesday, but you'll get a game on Sunday. And then Sunday comes around, actually we're you know, we're gonna have to leave you out here as well. You know, you are not gonna play for the next month. You know, can he keep players happy in that that situation. Uh in terms of dealing with the media, which I guess is a big part of modern management, I think he, he is very good at that. You know, he is somebody who's always talked to the press. You know, even after he missed the penalty in the two thousand eight Champions League final and he gave his very tearful interviews in the mix zone afterwards, you know he, he did fund up and he did do that, which you know, I think is 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 impressive and does sort of uh, suggest that he could handle the media commitments, but you know, I, I think it's the, the you know the the, the more sort of, um, the managerial side in the sense of the, the you know the business aspect. The, the can he handle spreadsheets? Can he handle going through data? Can he handle managing up as well as down? You can he deal with club directors, and you know all of that's an unknown. And, and I guess people within Chelsea would have a far far better idea. The, than we on the outside, uh, and the fact that they're, they're not offering him a coaching job suggests that they they don't really fancy him for that. I suppose saying that uh, Robin Abramovich is the greatest
1: owner in the world is one way of starting that managing up process. Jonathan, brilliant stuff. Thank you.
3: Cheers. Thanks very much. Just a crying big baby, but you cannot call a player a baby. But-
0: Game you wanted victory, boy, didn't have a I want victory for every game. Where do you think you got it all wrong today?
1: Which is, is the game you wanted victory, boy, didn't have a well, is that, uh, You look frustrated on the Coach. pitch. Is, is the game you wanted victory, boy, didn't have a You wanted victory. Well, I wanted Which is,
0: is the game you wanted victory, boy, didn't have a Where do you think you got it all wrong today?
2: them in the Premier and we never said they are baby. You're just a crying big baby and you cannot call a player a baby.
1: I don't know that this will necessarily set a precedent that I know the point Jonathan's making there. but firstly you have to want this to happen and or you have to be most players I'm not sure would necessarily go out of their way to organize this for themselves this Sort of, uh, you know, shindig, and, or they would at least feign a little bit of embarrassment around the whole thing. So, I don't know if you're going to get every club legend at every club wanting something like this to happen in the middle of a game. Most of them would probably want testimonials and this kind of stuff.
2: Well, they, they would get testimonials. I mean, I'm just it's just always been John Terry's attitude, though. He is he is unashamed. I mean, the, the person that he was compared to. Um well, I guess it was two involved, Keane and Scholes in 1999 in their suits, you know, and their kind of sheepish looks as they were standing on the pitch with the celebrating teammates after winning the Champions League, a game in which they hadn't played because they were suspended compared to uh, John Terry in Munich. I mean, even Gerrard, who I wouldn't say is necessarily the most modest player when it comes to ranking his own status compared to everybody else in, who, who was at the club, the same club as him, for most of the time that he was there. I mean, his, his uh, final game turned into a complete farce where they were... <laughs> the, uh, the, the last home game, that is, where they got hammered by Crystal Palace. I think he missed a penalty. And then the most memorable moment of the game was a shot which he took with them losing, I think, 3-1 three, three or 3-0. And it was just such an awful shot that everybody burst out laughing. <laughs> and he was he was kind of laughing himself. Then they went and lost his actual last game. Was it 5-1 or 6-1 at Stoke? I mean, that was a send-off. Oh That was a, that was a proper send-off. Wait, but at least, you know, he died with his boots on, yeah, so to speak.
1: We better let you go. You're heading to the airport. You know, I am going to the airport. Home,
2: yeah. I'm going to see uh, Jose Mourinho's uh, rock and roll.
4: The 2016-2017 season. You're yeah. going to watch the Manchester yeah. United 2016-2017 season. Man United
2: season starts now. Yeah. It's the climax of the 2016-2017. Of it happens at the Friends Arena.
4: No, not the climax, Ken. The it whole the season. season. The whole the season. Friends
2: Arena in Stockholm, but Manchester United and Ajax are anything but friends. <laughs> so we will be uh, following that over the next uh, couple of days. If
1: you want to hear Ken's reportage from Stockholm, get on to secondcaptains.com to join the World Service. I think we've also got a Kennedy politics podcast this week.
2: Yes, we oh. hopefully do.
1: It is, it's Ken, early week. All going mm-hmm. well. On the World Service, by the sound of
4: it. We just step back, Owen, mm-hmm. and let him have it. Thanks, Ken.
2: Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Kieran. Bye now. How <laughs>
4: long <laughs> <laughs> is that? That's the second time it's gone on.
0: They never got home. They never got home. They never got home.
3: those, 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 boys.
0: Planning for your next trip?